There are two Bible readings today. The first one is from the Old Testament and is taken from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. And the New Testament reading is from Acts chapter 11, verses 25 to 30, and is on one, one, page 1106. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord. We wanted to uh, give plenty of time to Rob and Jen this morning as they're here, so you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to speak for very long, um, because we thought it was really important. But there is something that we do really want to share with you this morning as we continue in our sermon series on where the Spirit of the Lord is. Um, And today we're looking where the Spirit of the Lord is, prophets rise up. And I just want to say that I'm so keen, uh, passionate actually, I think, for us to be a church and a benefice that welcomes the prophetic, uh, to the point at which St. Mark's had the same message this morning, because it's not just a a message unique for St. Mary's, but this is something we want to see uh, throughout the whole of the benefice, that we want to encourage and to give space for the prophetic to rise up, Uh, because at its very heart and its very root, the prophetic is about hearing God's voice and enlarging our vision of God. And surely every church should want that, I hope. Uh, But the word prophetic and the word prophecy, uh, sadly, is one of those words that, with many things within the charismatic movement, uh, has become uh, disassociated from what is the original intention. Uh, There are negative connotations that go with it, because uh, as with all things that are holy and mighty and wonderful, with humans at the helm, uh, gets a little bit damaged and scarred along the way. And so I really want us to come back to kind of a really a vision of what I mean by saying that I want us to be a church that welcomes the prophetic amongst us uh, and what it means to do that. Now we know that uh, in scripture you see prophets, uh, that, that most of the Old Testament is, is given way to the prophets for telling uh, what God is doing and what is, what is to come in the person of Jesus. Uh, and then we see him fulfill uh, countless prophecies in miraculous and incredible ways. 
And there are some that think, well, prophecies uh, kind of stopped. They had their place. Once John the Baptist had done what he came to do, uh, that was the end of prophecy. That was the end of need for prophecy. But the passage in Acts chapter 11 makes that so clear that's not the case. Uh, Because the church is being formed. Uh, You have this gathering where the first people are called Christians are there. uh, And then a prophet, uh, some people come. And by the Spirit of the Lord, they begin to prophesy about a famine. And there's, a, there's really there's a different type of prophet uh, that we're talking about this morning. There's, there's kind of two main types of prophecy, really. Uh, the first is those people who seem to have uh, a backstage pass to what God is doing. Almost like they can see what God is doing in the spiritual atmosphere. The things that we can't see, uh, and they're able to say, this is what we think God is doing in this place. This is what we think is happening. This is what we think God is working at behind the scenes that we can't see. And those kind of prophets are incredibly important because when we get uh, bogged down by the minutiae by the the difficult details the challenges the things that are a struggle the prophets that can see behind the scenes are the ones who are able to say yes but God is doing this that may be happening but God is doing this God is working this to the good of his church those people who have that kind of backstage pass are a really important voice for us to hear And then there are those who are able to speak of what's to come, those who are able to see into what God is going to do. Uh, And and you see that a lot in scripture. You see a lot of people foretelling what God is going to do. Prophets were often not very liked people in scripture. They weren't the favorite people because they sometimes would have a difficult message to bring, but always with the hope of what God will do uh, in their land. Always with the hope of, yes, this is happening, and if you don't turn from this, this could happen. But if you turn to God, then this will also be there for you as well. And both those voices are incredibly important to the church, and they didn't stop when Jesus came. Prophecies are just as much needed as an important now, because if prophecy is to enlarge our vision of God and to hear the voice of God for us as a church, why would we think that God has stopped doing that? Why would we think that God has stopped speaking to his church about what he wants to do in and through his people? That's not how God works. He doesn't just give up on his church or leave his church to it. It's his plan to save the world and he wants to work in and through his church. And we need his leading. We need his voice. We need to know where he's taking us as a church. We need to know what he's doing amongst us. Otherwise, the alternative is we do it our way. Uh, And we can probably all think of churches in history where it's been done our way rather than God's way. Uh, And so I, for one, want to lead a church that's open to hearing the voice of God. And so if we're to welcome the prophetic here, if we're to welcome what it means to be prophetic, then there's a couple of things we have to bear in mind. There's some things we need to be aware of. Firstly, it's very clear, both in the passage in Isaiah, I don't know whether Robin Jen knew that passage was going to be referred to again, uh, but it's an important passage for many people's ministry. Uh, We see from that and from the passage in Acts that prophecy is a work of the Spirit in and through God's people. And so if we want to make space for the prophetic, we need to make space for the Spirit. We need to allow him the time and the space to do what he wants to do. That sometimes means laying down the things that we want to do or the things that we think are how church should be done in order so that we can give space and time to what the Spirit wants to do. And and, and a caveat to that, something that's attached to that, that is if we want to be open to the prophetic, we need to embrace or at least to not be afraid of mess. What I mean by that is if we're going to give ourselves over to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, 
Things may not go the way we planned that they should go. We may have to lay down that thing that we've prepared. Those songs that we chose, God might want to do something completely different. That sermon that we spent hours preparing, God may want to say something completely different. If we want to see prophets rise up, if we want to see new people stepping up in leadership, and particularly our young people step up in leadership, we need to lay down any desire we have for anything to be slick and perfect and proper. Because <laughs> in, in my experience, that's not how the Spirit works. <laughs> in slick and perfect and proper. He works with messy, broken people, because messy, broken people is all he's got to work with. <laughs> Uh, and, so, and so we need to, if we want to give space for the prophetic, therefore we want to give space to the spirit, we need to embrace or at least not be afraid of mess. Not be afraid of things going the way we hadn't planned that they would go. That's true of our preachers, of our service leaders, of our interceders, of our intercessors, of our readers, and everybody who prepares anything to hold everything lightly and be prepared to lay down whatever God calls us to lay down when we give him space and time to speak how he wants to speak. I'm not saying don't be prepared. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. We do prepare, but we prepare with an openness to the Spirit. Uh, I'm actually going to, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to highlight John here because I I love being in the vestry at St. Mark's with John in the morning before he preaches because we'll be praying and then out comes a pen and John will edit what he's planned uh, because God has given him something new to say that wasn't in his preparation. That is preparation and openness working perfectly together. And that's what I want us as a community to be open to. So if we're going to welcome the prophetic, we need to give space to the spirit, therefore not be afraid, to, uh, be afraid of mess. And attached to that, we need to bear in mind, we need to remember that prophets are human too. If we have people here with the spiritual gift of prophecy within our church, which I believe we do, then we need to bear in mind that those people are human. Therefore, they may not get it right all of the time. So if we're going to welcome the prophetic, what we also need to welcome with that is discernment. We need the discernment with that. You cannot welcome the prophetic and just accept everything that's said. God says that we are, we are encouraged to test everything. And so in order for us to have discernment, there's a couple of things we need. We need the Spirit's help in order to be able to discern. We also need to know this inside out. Because everything that we hear from God will be in line with this. Everything we hear from God will be in line with his word. So the more we know his word, the more we know that what he's speaking is in line with who he says he is, who we know him to be, the character, the nature of God, the God that we worship and adore, the God that we know through his word and through his presence and through encounters with him. If we're going to welcome the prophetic, we need discernment. And we also need grace for our prophets. We need patience. We need love. We need forgiveness. Essentially, we need the church to be the church. (laughs) To love one another. To accept one another. I have known in the past of prophets being put down, of being quashed, of being pushed to the side because the gifting is so unusual sometimes and can be a difficult one to manage and to handle. But if we're not afraid of mess then we can welcome that prophetic voice in our church 
acknowledge that sometimes it will go wrong. There will be people who try to abuse it. There will be people who think they have a gifting in it when perhaps maybe they don't. There will be people who don't think they have a gifting in it when they certainly, certainly do. And so we need to bear in mind that human element that works with the spirit. And so be ever discerning. Fourthly, and I'm not going to say most importantly, but it's high up there, is that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. What I love about this passage in Acts is that this prophet stands up full of the Holy Spirit and he says that there's a famine coming. It's a very clear, a very direct, a very specific prophecy of a time of famine that's coming their way. And the church doesn't sit back and say, well, that's good. Thanks for letting us know, God. We'll pray about it. And and that's not what they do. What they do is they act on it straight away. They raise the funds that are needed. They gather food that's needed. And straight away they're going out to those who are going to need it the most. They become doers of what they've heard God say. They don't just sit back and just accept it and say, okay, that's great. They get out there. They do what God's called them to do. So we need to be prepared to be doers of the word, not uh, just hearers of the word. Uh, I think it's A.W. Tozer who once said that there are some people who may never hear the voice of God because they've already decided they're not going to do what he asked them. Now what that means is that not that God is not speaking, God is always speaking. But some people just close themselves off because they know they don't want to do what he's going to ask. The question there is, is, where is your trust placed? Do you not trust God enough to have what's right and what's good for you? Have you closed yourself off to his voice because you're scared that he's going to get you to do something or to face something you don't want to face? Look at the character and nature of God. Remind yourselves, I don't think that's really how he works. Yes, he'll challenge us to change us, to move us on. He loves us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. But he will always do it in a way that is right and perfect for us. So we need to be prepared to do what he asks. And fifthly, and this is so vital. If we have people here with the spiritual gift of prophecy, which I strongly believe we do, They are not the only ones who can hear from God. Don't leave it just to the prophets to hear from God. Every single person in this room can and should be hearing from the voice of God. Or at least giving him opportunity to speak to us. Through his word, through other people, through uh, events, through circumstances in our lives, through dreams, through visions, through pictures, through any way that he chooses to speak. We need to be prepared to be hearing the voice of God. So as I've been saying about making time for the spirit within our worship, so it's true of your private life of prayer and worship as well. That you make time for God to speak to you. Don't just bring him your lists of requests and asks and wants. Wait to hear what he has to say to you as well, because he wants to speak. If you want to sum up prophecy, look in John 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice. You see, being open to the prophetic and allowing the prophecy to rise up means that we want to increase our vision of God. We want to understand and see what he's doing. We want to go as a church, as a benefice, where he is wanting to take us. 
And we can all tune into that voice of God, but there are some. There are some who have what Paul describes elsewhere in his writings as the spiritual gift of prophecy. That special ability to tune into God in a very unique way. And I believe they're here this morning. And as I've been preparing, I've been believing that there's two, maybe one or two, who have had a prophetic gift in the morning that's in the past that has not been encouraged or has been quashed. And God is saying, now's the time to rise up again. And then I believe that God wants to do a new thing amongst some of us here and raise that gift up in people. So I'm going to ask someone to go and get the kids for me because I don't want to exclude them from this because I believe we have prophets within our children as well, amongst our children. So if someone could go down to the forge, please, and, and get those kids back in, get the, get the kids back in. Uh, I want to encourage you to stand. And Rick's going to come for a moment. <clears throat> 